Hello, hello. Happy New Year, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to check out this episode. It is finally 2021, and I am so excited because I feel like last year was literally 86 months long. Uh, It was just the most crazy, unprecedented year. Uh, A lot of people have never had to experience anything like this pandemic, and people lost a lot. You know, lives were completely turned upside down in one way or another, but we're still here. We're still standing, and we made it, and we're not broken. Honestly, uh, if you are in my Facebook group, there were there was a thread where a lot of people were sharing the good things that happened to them in 2020, and it seems like despite the craziness, there were some nice moments, and it wasn't all terrible, so I thought that was really sweet. And you know, if you did lose someone very important to you, or you lost your job, or your home, and you're just not coping well, my heart really does go out to you. I can't imagine how a lot of people are handling their current situations. So if all you did this year was barely hang on, I just want you to know that I'm so proud of you. It really does take a lot to pull yourself back up when you're down. Uh, I've had to do it a couple times over the last few years, especially with the increased feelings of isolation in a pandemic. Sometimes you just wake up and it takes absolutely everything in you just to get out of bed that day. If I'm being honest with you guys, that was pretty much me all of March, April, and May. I was barely hanging on by a thread and it was made a lot worse by a very horrible living situation. And so I guess that brings me to our topic today, which is something that I have been working on for quite some time now. Um, I want to talk to you guys about healing from domestic violence. So I hope all of you listening have been lucky enough to not experience this, but it's such a commonality. I know that's wishful thinking. I have no doubt that somebody listening knows what it's like to all of a sudden be in the middle of this pandemic where you're trapped at home and now you can't go to work, you can't see your friends or your family and things turn really ugly and you feel like there's no way out and no light at the end of the tunnel. Domestic violence and domestic homicide rates experienced an alarming spike this past year all over the world as many people were forced to stay in close quarters with their abusers. Um, Yet the National Domestic Violence Hotline actually reported there was a two-week period in March where they reported only 951 callers, where normally their numbers hit about 2,000 a day. That is an insanely huge decrease, and we all know that it's because suddenly, you know, things didn't just get better, but rather it was no longer safe for survivors to reach out or to have access to services like shelters, counseling, etc. And the numbers, as the unemployment rates rose, the numbers continued to rise. There are so many different factors that come into play here because abuse is not just physical but emotional and financial as well and when you're in a situation where you've lost your job and now you're financially dependent on someone who uses that to further exert control and manipulation on your existence i mean and then we're looking at you know potentially children being involved unsafe housing or neighborhood violence a possible lack of family support Um, i have no doubt that this pandemic has made a lot of situations look very bleak for those who were already maybe struggling Pre-pandemic numbers showed that it's one in every four women and one in every 10 men who is experiencing intimate partner violence. Um, So I really can't imagine how numbers are looking now after so many months of quarantine. If you have been forced to shelter in place with your abuser for all this time, the focus first and foremost is really just trying to create as much distance as possible, first emotionally and then physically. I say emotionally because I know this firsthand, if you let them drown you, they will. 
Mentally, you have to be strong enough to not let them get in your head because it's like a boat with a leak. The water will find the smallest, fastest way to get in, and it's going to fill up much quicker than you expected, and it will take you down. The chief marketing and development officer at the National Domestic Violence Hotline, Crystal Justice, poses the question of what it actually looks like to create space between yourself and the abuser. Is there anyone you can reach out to? Can you use virtual tools? Um, so for me, in in that time, in that window of time that I specified, I was spending a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with this individual whose goal it was to constantly tear me down and I felt very very alone and I knew that if I kept listening to them and letting them get in situations where they were getting in my head or they could put their hands on me something very bad was going to happen so um, I turned to my life coach at the time I put a lot of energy into developing my business and focusing on my spiritual development I was meditating and doing self-reiki all the time and trying to go on walks with my dogs and just be out in nature so um, this is what I mean, when it, I say it looks like you're trying to create a little bit of emotional plan and a foundation before you put a physical plan into place. Um, I had to make sure all my ducks were in a row. You know, I couldn't just leave, especially being in a situation where financial commitments were sort of holding me in place. Um, I spent a lot of nights praying and listening for guidance. I spent a lot of nights working on my plan to solidify my business and sign clients and I had to believe in myself, despite him telling me over and over again that I wasn't going to make it and that my business wasn't going to be successful and that I wasn't going to be free of him as quickly as I thought I would. I was constantly putting away what little I could, and I was kind of just playing the long game for a little bit. And thankfully, he wasn't home a lot of that time, so I was able to use that time to create a solid support system between a few friends, my coach, and an online therapist that I reached out to who was willing to work on my budget um, with me and do Zoom sessions, and it just kind of worked out. <laughs> Pulling yourself out of an abusive relationship is mental first. You have to know that you don't have to live like this and that there is better out there for you and that ultimately this person does not love you like period that is not love and the sooner you realize that the sooner you can stop letting yourself get manipulated into staying and you can kind of get your head right from the outside looking in i know a lot of abusive relationships look happy <laughs> it doesn't look as bad as it actually is because both partners are putting on their best to you know to put on a good show and doing little things here and there to make it seem like it's all good buying you flowers taking you on trips but at the end of the day, the abuser is a master manipulator and actor who puts on a convincing display as a loving partner, and the survivor really has no choice but to go along with it, <laughs> especially if you're trapped in the situation and you have no job or nowhere else to go. <clears throat> in the beginning of a relationship, it's typical for individuals to put their best foot forward. You know, they obviously don't advertise that they're abusive and per prefer to maintain this facade where they pretend to be to be the perfect partner so um yeah domestic violence is a very ugly very mutable force and it can take different forms at different points in the relationship as well as from case to case so regardless of how you got yourself in the situation or who that person was in the beginning um if you are in a violent relationship currently and you don't know how to get out try to create emotional distance don't let them get in your head um and work on a physical safety plan Fear can keep you in place for the longest time and the rest of your life if you let it, but if you want to overcome that fear, you can get out. And 
I promise you life on the other side is so sweet and free. It really is. It seems unfathomable at first because you're so comfortable. Maybe you've known this person a long time. Maybe you guys have kids together. Maybe you're married. And, you know, I I know the fear of the unknown keeps people stagnant for some time. Um, Or maybe you're financially stable. I know that ends up being the case a lot of the times while people choose to stay. um, They feel like they just have nowhere else to go. And, you know, filing a police report or restraining order is, I mean, in my case, it wasn't helpful. Um specifically speaking for myself um it was not helpful at all i was not granted a restraining order even though um not only had the person physically abused me but also threatened to shoot my dogs and my parents but um they spoke with him and because he let them know that he didn't intend on bothering me they said that they didn't have any proof that he would continue to harass me and so they were not going to proceed with court orders um so i hope that for those people out there who pose the question of why did you stay? Why didn't you call the police, etc.? Um, you guys need to understand that if it were literally that simple, we would. Um, and, you know, I, I'll give you a little bit. I, I might even go as far as to say that there's a little bit um, of being right there. It does take for you to decide that you want to get out in order to start to formulate that plan. So you do, you know, once you make that decision, it does become a lot easier, um, which is why I say to create that emotional foundation first. But Often there are so many other factors at play than just packing up and leaving that it's not really as easy to just leave as you think it is, especially if you're married or there are kids involved. Um, Actually, for the purpose of this podcast, I did speak to a few sources regarding why they chose to stay in a violent relationship. Um, So for those of you who did share their story with me, I want to thank you so much for having the courage to speak on it as well as for having the courage to leave. Um, I will obviously not be stating any names, but um, this one person stated that uh, they were scared of what their partner would do if they chose to leave because they lived together and he had successfully alienated her from everyone else in her life. And apparently when she did finally try to leave, he attempted to suffocate her. So I can definitely resonate with this as my ex-partner knew where I worked, knew where my family lived. um, And a few times when I did try to put physical space between the two of us, he took my keys away from me and also threatened to shoot a hole in my car if I called for an Uber. So yeah, um, good times. (laughs) Um, This other source shared with me that initially she was treated like a queen and the belittling and the gaslighting didn't start until later on in the relationship, which I also resonate with. Um, I was probably in the relationship for about a year before it started to really get bad. Um, She states that he made her believe that the abuse was her fault and she reached a level of shame and fear that kept her in place and repeating the cycle until she was finally able to get out. And so one thing she says here really stands out to me. Um, I want to highlight that for you guys. She says, I stayed because I didn't love myself enough to realize that I deserved better and that the way he was treating me was not okay. Like that honestly really gives me chills. Um, I feel like I have been a very super strong, resilient person. Um, And even despite that, I think that if someone happens to catch you at a low point and makes you feel amazing, you're kind of maybe willing to like bend the rules a little for them for lack of a better way of saying it uh like for example if i met this person now i would i would never date him no chance in hell frankly even at the time that he initially approached me i kind of laughed it off and was like that's not going to happen um 
But at the time, I think I was still a little unclear on my purpose and my direction in life and my self-worth and what I brought to the table. So I did kind of let myself get swept off my feet. And by the time he put me down and the real him started to come out, I was already living with him. And, you know, I was focused on school and it, it all just kind of unraveled very quickly. Um, but at the end of the day, the common theme that I share with these incredible, amazing women who share their story with me is that we all hit a point where we realized that we really did deserve better and that we didn't deserve to be treated that way. So um, if you are currently in an abusive situation, I highly encourage you to sit down and just think about that question, not thinking about any of the other factors involved. It's not about how long you've been with them or what they've done for you or how much money you've invested into the relationship. Um, it's not about whether you like their family or their family likes you or even if you guys have a kid together. I mean, I know I know that that ends up being a really, really important reason, you know, like, oh, I want my kid to see me with the person, you know, the father or whatever. But do you really want them to see the abuse, too? It doesn't really compare to whether or not you're being emotionally or physically abused, even though that stuff is important, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I know leaving will make it feel like you're taking a few steps back in life, but if you can do it and if you can get out, those steps backward will really quickly turn into steps forward before you know it. Once you've been able to put some space between yourself and the person, I definitely recommend at the very least filing a police report. And if you can go the restraining order route, go for it. Um, you will have to go to court. So I do understand people not wanting to go through this process and having to further face someone that abused them in court. Um, but according to a previous therapist of mine, it is better to have a paper trail than not. And having a police report gives the police something to be able to go back and look at if in the future you do have to call the police on your abuser. So despite not being granted my restraining order, uh, I do still have a police report that details all counts of the abuse that I faced. And the interviewer told me that police would definitely take that into account if I ever needed to call them in the future regarding the abusive individual. So um, the first step once you're out is to do whatever it is that you need to do to ensure your safety as well as the safety of those you love. Um, I will say that it'll probably take some time for that feeling of safety to sink in. I did have to deal with a lot of nerves that the person was going to show up at my job as well as nightmares for a few months after leaving the situation. So if it takes a while for you to truly just feel safe, I, I want you to know that that's normal in the recovery process. I also definitely recommend getting into counseling or therapy if possible at this time. Um, the healing process is a lot longer and the violence and the trauma is a lot more impactful than we realize. More than likely, you'll still have a lot of stuff in your head that was told to you by your abuser that you're hanging on to. And it's so integral to separate the language that they spoke to you um, in order to keep you under their control versus your own actual truth. Abusive individuals will definitely make it seem like it's your fault and something you did led them to behave the way they did because they're incapable of taking accountability for their own actions and they're incapable of admitting what horrible human beings they are deep down. Um, so they just reverse all that horribleness onto you and releasing that is definitely going to take work. Not internalizing that is going to take work for sure. Leaving is truly the first step. <laughs> I mean, there's so much trauma that 
we haven't even really begun to unpack because we've been living on eggshells for however long we were in the situation that it doesn't feel like you can truly breathe and relax until you're out. Um, and then when you do finally take that second to let down those walls and breathe, it's like a flood of emotions coming out because you don't have to hold them back anymore. So um, during this time, getting into counseling, as well as establishing a few solid friends or family members as your support system, it's going to be super crucial. If you were in a situation where you were married or you were close with the family of your abuser, I feel like you should be prepared for people to take their side. Um, that you just, you can't control that. You know better than anyone that this person is a master of spinning the story to suit their narrative so that they don't look bad. Um, so I would try to make peace with that as soon as possible and just distance yourself from those people. Save yourself the grief, block them on social media, whatever. Just know that anyone who takes the side of your abuser was never on your side to begin with. I do not recommend engaging with them or trying to convince anyone of what you went through. It's a lot of excess energy and is probably not going to be helpful to your healing process. Now, this is not me saying not to tell your story and not to speak your truth. Um, that's not what I'm saying. That's entirely on you. And if you feel like it will help you, um, and I do feel like you should stand by your truth and tell it if someone wants to hear it, do what you need to do. Just take note that social media is taken into account when it comes to court cases as well um, and restraining orders and all that. So just be cognizant of that. I would definitely not make any attempts to engage the abuser or anyone they associate themselves closely with. If you are seeking a way to get things off your chest, I would, um, I would recommend a support group. Find a space where you can speak openly with other people who resonate with your experiences, and that's an incredibly impactful way to start the recovery process and will allow you to start to feel a sense of relief and community after such a traumatic series of events. Don't be surprised if you feel a lot of grief also after getting yourself out. Um, it might feel like you're grieving death, and in a way you kind of are. It'll feel like a part of you died for sure. The person that you loved and loved you back as well as the old you. I'm definitely not the same person that I was a year ago, but honestly, I'm a little thankful the old me died because she was a little more naive and easier to control, I guess. <laughs> so if there is anything positive that I can say came from the situation, um, I will say that if I can overcome all of that that I went through with that person, I know that I can overcome anything else. Like, there is absolutely no fear in my heart anymore. <laughs> Definitely that was eliminated, and there is nothing and no one that can make me feel as bad as that person did. So going hand in hand with all of this comes education, making sure that you know the red flags and signs of an abusive individual. Because again, of course, people are going to put their best foot forward in the beginning. Um, looking out over the start of that relationship, I see things now that stand out to me as hints of what I was getting into that I just really didn't see at the time. I actually wrote an article about this on my blog a while back on how to identify toxic relationships. Um, that would be a really good read for you guys, as well as a personal favorite book of mine, which is called Psychopath Free, Recovering from Emotionally Abusive Relationships by Jackson McKenzie. Both of these talk about significant red flags, such as manipulation, deflection, intimidation, and gaslighting. I mean, of course, it's not your fault that you got into an abusive relationship at all. However, when you educate yourself on what to look for, it does allow you to sort of set standards and really start to see people for what they are instead of what they're presenting themselves to be. 
And that way, hopefully, you can walk away instead of allowing yourself to get trapped into a situation that is ultimately going to do nothing but bring you down. A couple things in my blog post that I would like to reference real quick is, for one, knowing the difference between someone displaying a single toxic behavior versus displaying a pattern of toxic behaviors. Um, In the time since I have removed myself from the situation, I, I do feel like this is something that's inevitable um is that like hyper awareness (laughs) you know when you start to encounter other people and you're just like terrified to repeat the situation that you just got out of so there's this tendency to see red flags in everything and that's not what we're trying to do you know human connection is healthy and necessary and you don't have to hide yourself in a bubble you just have to be cognizant Notice when people are trying to move too quickly in the relationship um, and when they're trying to establish establish dominance or possession. Um, a lot of times in the case of a more feminine energy or partner, there's an attraction to a masculine or dominant energy or partner. Um, and I think some people tend to think that that's sexy, but there's a fine line from dominant to possessive you're seeking a partner who feels comfortable leading and asserting themselves not someone who makes you feel like your property or tries to tell you how to dress or whether or not you can go to the gym or see certain friends that's that's not what we're looking for here that's not cute another thing that i mentioned in that blog post is that once there is intentional physical violence in the relationship it is unlikely that that sort of behavior can be corrected without significant help from a therapist or counselor Um, and it definitely crosses the line from a toxic relationship into an abusive relationship and i do feel it's best for it to end Um, at the bottom of that post i did include a few resources at um, like the number for the national domestic violence hotline Um, which I'll give you guys here as well. It's 1-800-799-7233. But if you are unable to speak safely, as so many people during this time are, you can also log on to thehotline.org or text loveis to 22522. If you are looking for some insight as to whether or not you are in an abusive relationship, um, well, the first thing I'll tell you is that if you have to question that, the relationship is probably not for you. Um, definitely check out my blog post and um, check out that book as well. I do kind of go into some details of other things that I experienced, like intimidation and gaslighting. Um, and if you are looking to process some things, you are welcome to email me at natasha at brightsoulhealing.com and I'll be happy to talk things over with you. Um, you can also email me asking to purchase some Reiki charged lip balm with your shipping address included in the email. This is not actually something that I sell, so I will immediately be passing your information along to the corresponding authorities, as well as trying to contact some shelters in your area for you so that we can hopefully find you somewhere to go and get you out of the situation that you have found yourself in. Um, You guys know I'm always here for you, and if you do have an experience that you'd like to share with me, you're more than welcome to do so. The healing process is not easy or linear, and I know that I definitely still have days where I kick myself for letting myself getting get into that situation. Um, I've wondered what's wrong with me, and the truth is that nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> I'm just a good-hearted person, and I have always wanted to see the best in people. And I think that there are ugly, manipulative people in the world who just see that light, and they're drawn to it, and they want to use it for themselves and crush it. <laughs> it's inevitable. 
And it doesn't mean that I need to shine any less. It just means that I have to have stronger boundaries. Um, I honestly feel like it was a part of my story and a kick in the butt that maybe I really needed. A lot of good things did come from that chapter. Um, I was driven to launch my coaching business and I signed a few clients within my first month. So, you know, I was able to prove to myself and to him, you know, fuck you, I am going to make it. I'm going to be just fine regardless of whether or not you're in my life. Um, I remember the day that I actually said that to his face and it remains one of the more triumphant moments in my life because I was right. Frankly, (laughs) I've been thriving ever since I left and I do have really great friends that I might not have had if it wasn't for that relationship. Um, One of them actually helped me pack up all my things and leave in the middle of the night when I moved out, you know, so everything happens for a reason. I learned a lot and I'm definitely the strongest I've ever been, the happiest I've I've ever been. So maybe it was a necessary chapter and now it's time to move on and put it behind me. So that being said, um, I am, of course, opening up a bunch of spots in my one-on-one coaching program. If you want to sit down and talk about whether or not that's a good fit for you, I do offer free Zoom consultations. And if you're looking for healing on a smaller scale, I also offer Reiki sessions. Um, These are really great for moving around any stagnant energy or blocks so that you can move forward with me in 2021. So y'all know what's up and you know where to find me. Thank you for tuning in. I hope y'all have an amazing day and an amazing year. It's time to shine. Bye now.